If you have your Bibles this morning, 1 Corinthians chapter 16, my wife and I would appreciate your prayers as we make this transition. Uh, it's daunting to a certain degree. I told the Sunday school class I'm having a difficult time keeping a clean white coat uh, because many of the older ladies in my office are hugging me and uh, transferring their makeup uh, to one of my shoulders. Uh, and uh, Gladys, my medical assistant, has to help me occasionally uh, wipe some lipstick off my cheek. And I said in Sunday school, one time off my lips, but that was just uh, joking there. But uh, as people are saying goodbye as we transition out of the office and uh, just have uh, basically a few more clinic days left before we make our move, and it would be appreciated. Our desire, as always, is to glorify God. And as God, I believe, has given me a ministry to teach and to preach the Word of God, uh, I want to study the Word of God and then share that with others so that they may share it with others and they may share it with others, etc. A story goes back in 2016, if you remember, it seems like it was just yesterday, doesn't it? 2016 and the election that we had. But there's a story that goes around that Hillary, you know, she was running for president back then, was in Iowa in the winter months campaigning, and uh, a snowstorm hit that was, you know, relatively significant, and her motorcade stopped uh, at a bread and, uh, bed and breakfast, and uh, the people, the drivers, were going to stay in their vehicles uh, for the night, but they wanted her to go into the bed and breakfast, and so she goes up to the door, knocks on the door, and the owner comes, and she says, you know, this is our situation. Can I stay here tonight? And the owner says, well, uh, you're more than I'm more than happy to have you stay, uh, but I already have a Hindu priest and a rabbi that's in the house, and I only have two bedrooms, but you're, you're more than willing to come in and stay. And they got Hillary and the Hindu priest and the rabbi together and said, now we have two beds, uh, but I do have a nice barn uh, that has an area that's heated that someone could stay in for the night. So the Hindu priest says, well, I'll, you know, I'll be a gentleman and I'll, I'll go out there and I'll sleep. And uh, so he goes out there and just moments later, there's a knock on the back door and it's the Hindu priest, and he says to the owner, listen, I'm more than happy to oblige, but you have a cow in that barn, and that's a holy cow to me. Uh, so therefore, I can't sleep in that barn no matter if I want to or not. So the rabbi hears it and says, oh, no problem. I'll, I'll be gentlemen, and I'll go out to the barn, and I'll, I'll sleep there. And so the rabbi goes out, and a few moments later, knock on the door, and Owner opens the door, and the rabbi says, you have a pig in that barn. And, uh, you know, according to the law, you know, I don't want to be with a pig. I, I'd like to sleep out there, but I just can't. So everyone kind of looks at Hillary, and Hillary says, okay, okay, I'll, I'll go sleep in the barn for the night. And so Hillary walks out to the barn, and the door closes, and just a few minutes, there's a knock on the door, and the owner's thinking, oh, my goodness, now what? He opens the door, and it's the pig and the cow. <laughs> so 
So you kind of know where I stand politically with that statement, but that's a good story. That's a good story. But I want to talk to you this morning in all seriousness about a verse that uh, I've read many times and uh, came across it again and said to myself, self, you've never really put together a message. Uh, on this statement that I find in the parentheses of uh, verse 15 of 1 Corinthians chapter 16, and it's on addiction. Most of you know that my medical practice is composed of general medicine or internal medicine. I take care of adults, uh, but probably roughly 15% of my practice is uh, addiction medicine, trying to help people and various uh, addictions come out of them, uh, realizing that the emphasis has to come from within that individual for help. And then if there is a desire to help, then there are some things that we can do. But I was reading 1 Corinthians chapter 16, and we'll read verse 15 and then have a word of prayer. And I want to talk to you about a statement that's found in this verse Uh, that they addicted themselves to the ministry of the saints. It says in 1 Corinthians 16, 15, I beseech you, brethren, so he's talking to saved individuals here, those that know Christ as Savior, and then then a, a, a parenthetical statement he makes in these parentheses, you know the house of Stephanus, that it is the first fruits of Achaia, and that they have... And here it is, they have addicted themselves to the ministry of the saints. And that's what I want to talk to you about this morning in our few short moments together. Let's have a word of prayer. Father, again, we come to your throne in the name of Jesus. Father, I want to thank you for the opportunity to preach your word this morning. I pray that you would give me and those listening understanding in the scriptures. Give all of us clarity of mind and thought. Father, I pray that you would encourage us this morning from the preaching of your word, that again you would meet every need. If there be someone here that does not know Christ as Savior, may this morning be the morning they acknowledge you and accept you by faith as their Savior. And Father, again, through your Holy Spirit, work in our midst. Bless the preaching of your word this morning. Do in lives what only you can do. For we ask these things in Christ's name, amen. Addiction, if you were to say the word addiction, it has a negative ring to it, doesn't it? I I think all of us would would agree with that. And, And it should have a negative ring when someone brings up the word addiction especially in our society today with uh, all that's going on with narcotics or opiates or painkillers. It's a tremendous uh, destructive power that is out there that needs to be dealt with. But I want to say, and this might kind of shock you a little bit, but the act of addiction is not in and of itself wrong. The Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 16, 15, it's okay to be addicted. Thank you. Let me give you an illustration. If I were to say, 
is coveting wrong. Coveting an earnest desire for something is not wrong by itself. It's what you're coveting is the problem. So addiction is not wrong, it's not bad, it is what you are addicted to. Because the Bible says in regards to coveting, and it does say in Exodus 20, thou shalt not covet, I understand that, but then he goes on and he lists certain things that you should not covet. But in 1 Corinthians 12, 31, Paul talking here says, but covet, have a desire but covet earnestly the best gift. So it's okay to covet. It's okay to have an overwhelming desire for something as long as that something is God and his word. So all of us should be coveting. We should all be covetous people with the object of our covetousness, God. And the same goes with Addiction, so it's okay to be addicted to the right things that we'll talk about this morning. What You say, what is addiction? We like to think of it in the uh, medical world as someone that is preoccupied with something. They just can't get enough of it. They're not only preoccupied with it, but it permeates their entire life. It's, it's what their life is all about. They they wake up in the morning thinking about it, and they go to bed at night thinking about it. And not only are they preoccupied with it, not only does it permeate uh, their very existence, they're very passionate about it. I had a lady that was addicted to crack cocaine, and she went into the bathroom. She had a little baggie with a rock of cocaine in it. It was her last one. She didn't have any money left at that time and she was over the sink messing around with the baggie to get the rock of cocaine out and that rock of cocaine came out of the bag and went down the drain and as you know I'm not a plumber by any means but there's that elbow underneath the sink where things can get trapped so uh, her mom is knocking on the bathroom door is everything okay you've been in there for quite some time and she says, oh, things are good, things are good. And so what she did, make a long story short, uh, she dismantled everything in that sink and in the plumbing to get that last little bit of cocaine out. She was very passionate about it. It preoccupied her mind. It permeated her life. You Again, you wake up, you think about it, you go to bed, you're thinking about it. It's where you lose control to something else, where in your best efforts, you cannot quit, and despite consequences, you continue in the activity. And many today are addicted to drugs, there's no doubt about it. And that's sin, it's ungodly. I believe, it's my personal belief, that addiction starts as a spiritual issue. Uh, there's a spiritual something going on in that life, a void, a deficit, and that individual decides they're going to try to fill that void, that deficit, that longing, that yearning, whatever it might be, with something other than God. And many will turn to drugs. And again, we have the opiate crisis in our world today. Others will turn to alcohol. 
and try to fill that void, that emptiness, that longing with alcohol. And alcohol is just another mind and mood-altering substance. Just like a narcotic, just like heroin, just like cocaine. There are other people that will become addicted to pornography. Pornography, my friend, is just dead sin. It's not a rite of passage for young men. It's not something innocent that young men or ladies or grown men do. It is just wrong. It's sin. It's ungodliness. And it is very disturbing and it is very destructive, not only to the individual, but to all relationships that individual is in. It's very destruction. Destructive. But many times when we think of addiction, we think of drugs and we think of alcohol, and so we should, and maybe sometimes we'll think of pornography. But my friends, within the church, there are some people that are addicted to some bitterness and an angry personality. I think some are addicted also to a critical negative spirit. You could do nine good things and one bad thing, and they're going to hone in, focus on the one bad, and forget about the nine good. I think some might be addicted to indifference. God himself could walk down these aisles, which I believe he does in the Holy Spirit. And you're so addicted to your indifference, you're not going to move if God himself knocked on your heart's door. Have a who cares attitude. I'm saved. My family's saved. That's all that I'm worried about. I don't care if the rest of the world goes to hell. Some are addicted to that. They're preoccupied, passionate about it. It permeates who they are. Some are addicted to unfaithfulness, unfaithful to their partner, their spouse unfaithful to their children, unfaithful to their God. They're preoccupied with their unfaithfulness. It permeates their life. They're passionate about it. We need, according to the Bible, those are the negatives. I'm not, that's just the intro. Thank you. We need to be addicted to the ministry of the saints. That's what we need to be. We need to let go and let God. And may we all say with one accord that God is not our co-pilot. That's the problem. God doesn't want to be the co-pilot. He doesn't want to be in the plane. He wants to be the captain of your ship, and you do whatever the captain says. It always disturbed me. Oh, God's my co-pilot. Well, that's why you're burning in flames as the plane's going down, because God's not in control. You're addicted to your own control, not to God's control. So you ask yourself, the Bible says, so addiction, yes, to all these other areas is negative. It's destructive. It's depressive. It's damaging. But addiction of itself is not bad if you're addicted to the right thing. So the Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians 16, 15, that you, remember it says, brethren, saved men and women, we that are saved should be addicted to what? 
the ministry of the saints. So the question I had as I was reading this verse, what is the ministry of the saints? What are saints, meaning saved men and women, what are saved men and women to be addicted to? And I came up with 25 things that I'm going to share with you this morning that we should be addicted to. Number one, study the scriptures. It says in 2 Timothy 2.15, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Where is the word of God in your life when it comes to priority? Do you pick it up on Sunday morning only and that's it? Then you're not addicted to the right things. You're addicted to your TV program. You're addicted to your novels. You're addicted to other things, but you're not addicted to the study of the scriptures. We should be passionate about the word of God. Amen? It should preoccupy our mind, the word of God. It should permeate. It should infiltrate every aspect of our being that when I get up in the morning, I've just got to have the word of God. I've got to study the word of God. I must have the word of God in my life. I must have a God consciousness all day long. I think of God when I wake up. I think of his word when I wake up. I think of him all day long. I think of his precepts all day long. And it's the last thing that I want to think about when I close my eyes at night is my God, my Savior, Jesus Christ. It permeates your very existence. You're preoccupied with it. Like a drug addict going for his drugs, I've got to have them. They wake up in the morning and they've got to take their pill. They wake up in the morning, they've got to have their drink. They wake up in the morning, they've got to have their fix of pornography. May you and I have that same passion, that same preoccupation with the Bible. Where does the Bible fit in your life? Are you addicted to it? Are you addicted to this book? Can you just not get enough? That's why people overdose, is they continually escalate their dosage. And I know there's fillers that people put into heroin, like fentanyl and other things that can facilitate an overdose. But in many cases, you go from five pills to 10 to 15 to 20 to 25 to 30, and pretty soon uh, the opiate, the narcotic, has a respiratory depressive aspect and you stop breathing and you die and they're all over I gotta have it and in fact I've got to have more may that be the case with the Bible pastor preaches and encourages all of us to read the Word of God through in a year may I ask you why you're not doing that if you're not It's from God's man, and it comes from the Bible. I ask you to get addicted to it. Get addicted to the Word of God. Secondly, not only study of the Scriptures, but supporting the saved. Supporting the saved. It says in Hebrews 3.13, But exhort one another daily, 
while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. The Bible tells us not only are we to be addicted to the study of the Scriptures, to the Word of God, to the Bible, but we should be addicted, preoccupied with, passionate about it, permeating our very existence, the support of each other, encouraging each other, exhorting each other. Let me ask you a question. When's the last time you told pastor you loved him? Not Kathy, but when's the last time? When's the last time you thanked pastor for his faithfulness, his consistency, and his stand against the compromising forces that are out there in the world that desperately want to get in here? When's the last time? Don't answer. Answer yourself. When's the last time? When's the last time you encouraged someone else in this church service? There's a gentleman in here this, this morning that I love dearly, and I take care of him medically, and his wife uh, is having difficulties, and I take care of her. And I don't know, a week ago, 10 days ago, and again, I don't mean to uplift me or be the poster child of this, but it's an illustration that I have. I was sitting at my desk, and he was on my mind, and I just pulled my scratch pad of paper over to me and just wrote on there that I'm thinking of you and I'm praying for you, and if you need anything, let me know and drop it in snail mail. When's the last time you did that for somebody? And I believe it was an encouragement. We need each other. We've got to have, this is God's support group. This is group therapy. Psychiatry didn't come up with it, God did called the local church. We get together as a group, right, group. Therapy, are you not receiving counsel from someone from the word of God today? Group therapy, we're here to encourage each other, exhort each other. We need to be addicted to it. Go in looking for opportunity to exhort, to encourage. Just by Saying to somebody, it's so good to see you can be a wonderful encouragement. Just to tell someone, oh, it's good to see you. I've been praying for you. Your faithfulness, I appreciate, is a wonderful encouragement that can propel them to continue the fight for Christ. Because you and I don't know what they are battling at this moment. But God does. And his Holy Spirit can work through me. The Holy Spirit can work through you and be an avenue of encouragement, of support to other believers in Christ. We need to get addicted to that. We need to get addicted, thirdly, to service. We need to do some good. Acts 10.38 tells us that Jesus Christ went about doing good. When's the last time you did good for somebody? When's the last time, I'll rephrase it a little bit, 
When is the last time you did good for somebody that could not reciprocate your good act? There was a lady in our, about six weeks ago, I'm treating her for certain things and she needs her medicines every day. Uh, it would not be good medically to go without the medicine. She has a $3 copay for her medicines. That's low. She said, Dr. Crabb, I took my last medicine this morning and I don't have the $3 to get my refill. And I've taken care of her for years. I, I believe her. I trust her. She's never given me a reason to doubt uh, or to mistrust her. And I said, there's no way nobody can give you $3 to get your medicine. She says, I don't think there is, Dr. Crabb. I don't know what I'm going to do. So I don't carry my wallet on me. It's always, I'm not going to tell you where I carry it because you'll steal it. I, I, I have it somewhere else. So I went to my office, don't break into my office. And I took $3 out and gave her the $3 and said, go get your medicine. She said, oh, Dr. Crabb, I'll pay you back. I'll pay you back next month. My check's coming in at the first of the month. I said, don't worry about the $3. Just get your medicine and be okay. When's the last time? And again, I'm not the poster child of doing good. I want to be. When's the last time you just helped somebody just to help somebody? You see, I believe by doing good, we are laying the groundwork to share with them the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that's the ultimate goal. The Bible tells us in Psalm 34, 14, depart from evil and do good. Psalm 37, 3 says, trust in the Lord and do good. We need to get addicted to doing good, helping people. And in fact, helping people when there's no way they can help us back. Why don't you ask a bus leader, a bus captain, if there's needs in the bus children that they bring into church that you would like to fill that need? Because those bus kids certainly can't pay you back. But you know the story, the message that would give to that child and yet even to their family? Gospel, not that we don't already do this in some areas. Gospel Baptist Church cares. They must be real people. They must really love my son, my daughter. And boy, that'll give opportunity down the road to share the gospel, the love of God with them. Not only are we to be addicted to the study of the scriptures and to, and to support each other and to be service or to do good, but fourthly, and there's only five so that you don't get anxious about the 25. I don't want you ask, seeing me this week for anxiety disorder because I said 25. Uh, but we should be addicted to soul winning. He that winneth souls is wise. When's the last time you laid down a gospel track? When's the last time you verbally witnessed to someone about Christ? When's the last time? Just when is it? The Bible, we're supposed to be addicted to the ministry of the saints. I believe many Christians are dabbling in Christianity. They're not addicted to it. 
Oh, every now and then, but that's not what addiction is. Addiction is a preoccupation. It permeates your whole life. Uh, you, you are passionate about it, not uh, a hobby that you do every now and then or you dilly-dabble with it every now and then, but it's something you just have to have. I think a lot of us have been duped or deceived that we can just go to church and then live our life the way we want the rest of the time and God's happy with it. I'm, I'm sorry to burst your bubble. God's not happy with it. He wants you Sunday, yes, but he wants you Monday through Saturday too. Many Christians think they're in heaven because in heaven there'll be no soul winning. You've not been, you're, not, you're not there yet. But there's work to do. The Calvinist uh, people believe that it's going to happen no matter what we do, so why do we need to do anything? But that's not godly. That's not according to the Word of God as far as I've studied it. And I've had Calvinistic people say, Oh, Dr. Crabb, haven't you studied Ephesians thoroughly? And I take that as an insult. Yes, I have studied Ephesians thoroughly. And God wants to save every man, woman, and child in this world. That's what Ephesians says. Are you addicted to soul winning? Just can't get them out. I think a Dale uh, routinely, it fascinates me with his stroke and what we would call hemiparesis, uh, the weakness on his, that one side that he consistently gives out over, as I can tell, 1,200 tracks a week. That's, he's addicted. That's okay. That's good. Number five, and lastly, because my time is closing on us quickly, we need to be addicted to sanctification or separation from this world unto God. It says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 4, that every one of you should know how to possess his vessel in sanctification and honor. In 2 Corinthians 6, 17, a popular verse, Wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you, that you and I, as children of God, as saved men and women, as saved teenagers, or saved younger children, that we are addicted to getting away from the world and all of its garbage, all of its wickedness, all of its ungodliness, and we just cannot get close enough to God. And we pursue God with a passion. We're preoccupied with God. I must be close with God. I must be taking each step of my life according to the principles and precepts of the Word of God. I must have God in my life. That's what he's talking about. James 1.27 says, Pure religion, I mentioned this in Sunday school, pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this, to visit the fatherless and widows in their affliction, and to keep himself unspotted from the world. Do the things I mentioned this morning preoccupy your mind? Do they permeate your life? Are you passionate about the things I mentioned? Or are you addicted to who cares? doesn't matter. It's not me. I'm good where I am. 
You're addicted to the wrong things. You ask myself this question, and I want to share with you, what do you do this morning? Let me just briefly share with you this. I ask you as a church fan, because this is the last time I'll be able to preach to you. I'll teach Sunday school next Sunday morning, if Pastor allows, which I know he will. He gave me the thumbs up. You say, well, I don't know where I am in regards to my spiritual life. Here's what you do, according to the Bible. According to 2 Corinthians 13, 5 and 6, and 1 Corinthians eleven twenty eight. what do you do? It says to examine yourself. Right now, be honest, be transparent with yourself, and ask yourself, what are you addicted to? Now, there's a thing called self deception where we can think things are good and things are not good revelation 3 the church of laodicea thought that they were wonderful had need of nothing they actually said god said you're wretched you're blind you're poor you're miserable examine yourself where you are this morning but a good doctor will never stop a second opinion from happening People come to me and say, oh, Dr. Crabb, I want a second opinion. I say, I am more than happy to help you get a second opinion. It never bothers me when someone wants to look at my work because I believe maybe a fresh set of eyes on something I've been looking at for some time, a fresh set of eyes may bring something to light, and I'm happy for that because my goal is to benefit the patient. Who can we go to for a second opinion? God. I ask you this morning to examine yourself. Secondly, I ask you to get a second opinion from God. It says in Psalm 26, 2, Examine me, O Lord, and prove me. Try my reins and my heart. And in Psalm 139, 23, 24, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts, and see if there be any wicked way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. I ask you, please, church family, people that I care about, examine yourself, and then in your heart, ask God to examine you. And I believe if you go to God in sincerity, asking him to examine you, God will examine you, and God will give you the diagnosis. And then the question is, what will you do? The song the choir sang, or part of it, is I'd rather have Jesus. I remember when George, Kate, and Allison were babies and toddlers, and they were having trouble sleeping or something scared them. You know, Linda blew up or something like that and scared the babies. I would take the baby, one of them in my arms, and we, I could make a circle around our living room and den and kitchen it was such that I could walk a circle. And I would sing to them, I'd rather have Jesus than anything. I also would sing to them, and I would sing, I would say, George and Daddy have decided to follow Jesus. George and Daddy have decided to follow Jesus. Or Kate and Daddy or Al and da uh, Daddy. 
I ask you this morning, church family, can you honestly say, I'd rather have Jesus? I'd rather have Jesus than anything this world affords today. What, this morning, are you addicted to? Let's have a word of prayer. Father, I thank you for the opportunity. To if you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you may contact us at the church website, gospelbaptistchurch.com, or you can go to Facebook and type in Gospel Baptist Church Bonita Springs, Florida. Also, you could call the church office at 239-947-1285. Thank you, and God bless.